0: Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week, we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of.
1: Welcome to episode 93 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I am getting excited because we're getting close to the 100th episode. On the 95th episode, I'm going to announce how I'm going to celebrate. I haven't decided yet, frankly, which is why I'm not announcing yet. So I'm giving myself a couple of weeks to figure that out. I am so excited. So we will think of something and announce something. So keep an eye out for episode 95, because I'm going to be brainstorming some kind of fun celebration for the 100th episode. This week on the podcast, I have Laura Perry of Global Fiber Shop, and it is so fun to have her on the podcast. I really love meeting you listeners in all the different ways. This is definitely a first for me and how I met this guest for the podcast. And I'm really glad that we met and that our paths crossed. So another plug for just taking the opportunity to be in the room with someone when you get a chance. So you'll have to hear Laura's side of what happened and how we met and how she ended up being on the podcast. And like I said, I'm so glad that she is because she is just a very talented woman and is running a very successful business. So there is a lot for you to learn from Laura. She runs an online fabric shop. And if you go to the show notes, it's, www.quilterscandy.com forward slash 93. You will see photos of Laura and also her workspace, which is beautiful. When we were chatting, I was saying, Oh, our listeners, you know, they can't see you, but that fabric behind you is so beautiful. And then she also shares a photo of how she cuts fabric, this table that her husband made for her that is such a time saver and it's genius. And Laura, I think you're gonna have a lot of people reaching out <laughs> to your husband being like, uh, how, how did you make this? Because it, it just looks amazing. So let's dive in, let me introduce you to Laura and let's get started. All right, Laura, thank you so much for being here on the podcast.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: For our listeners, can you share who you are in the quilting world and what you do?
0: Uh, my name is Laura Perry, and I own a Global Fiber Shop, which is an online uh, quilt shop, online textile store.
1: And where are you located?
0: I am located, as you can see, I know your listeners can't see, in my home, <laughs> in my home studio, <laughs> and we're in Massachusetts.
1: Okay, Very cool. So we'll dive into more details. But before we do, I just want to share with the listeners how you and I, how this came about. Why are you on the podcast? Do you want to share the story? Sure.
0: Uh, Well, you know, they say showing up is is half the battle, right? (laughs) So I attended my first Mm -hmm. quilt market uh, this past October. And was able, I was posting that I was there and realized that someone else I had collaborated with recently was also there. So we made arrangements to meet up. And she said, Oh, I'm going to uh, go over to uh, Elizabeth's book signing. And I didn't even realize you were there until that moment. And I'm like, Oh, I'll tag along too. I think that we were probably an hour earlier. So <laughs> you guys were still, <laughs> Oh, were you? <laughs> You're all <almost laughs> still setting up and um, very graciously gave us the numbers that we could come back and, and see you. I was so thrilled to, to get to meet you in person.
1: Awesome. So this was your first quilt market ever?
0: First quilt market ever.
1: And how come you decided to go? Uh,
0: one of the things I, I opened my shop. Um, it was, you know, I'm, I'm approaching two years now. It'll be two years in March. So I believe this year was the first quilt market they had had in a couple of years because sure. of COVID. And, mm-hmm. um, and they have a series uh, before the actual market officially opens called the Schoolhouse Series, and that piqued my interest as a new shop owner. I'm, I'm here to learn all the things.
1: So, did you learn things? I am curious which um, Schoolhouse things you went to and what was the most. What did you love? You know.
0: Yeah, um, I did. I, I, I feel like I learned something new about the industry on a daily basis. So, I, which I love. That's mm-hmm. where I'm at my best. Is when I'm sort of researching and, and digging into all the things. And yep. I did learn a lot. Um, one of the, I attended a lot of sessions about Google and how to optimize my website for Google searches. And um, mm, I, I walked that. away actually feeling a little bit better about what I was doing. <laughs> feeling okay oh, I'm I, I'm on the right track. There's certainly lots of work to do, but I'm on the right track.
1: So, okay, you came. Who who did you meet up with too that you had met before and collaborated? with? Jessica
0: Elliston. She uh, was a pattern tester for Wellspring Designs, and I had just oh. um, worked with them on a on a the Sundance quilt, her one of her new quilt oh, patterns.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I love Casey. She's a good <laughs> friend of mine. <laughs> That is so cool. So, okay. Then you came in line for the book signing and when it was your turn, you said, I'll let you say in your, I'm sure
0: I was all like clumsy. No, you
1: weren't. (laughs) It was so fun to meet people. And
0: I just, um, I just mentioned that I had been listening to the podcast and, uh, you have been a wonderful resource again, because I'm, I'm here to learn everything I can about how to serve the customers better and just how this industry works. Um, and had mentioned that I'm a fan of the podcast, and you asked who I was and what I do, and here we are.
1: <laughs> and did I, I feel like I was the one who was like, "Oh, we should have." How did that? I don't even remember now. My gosh, speaking of being clumsy, how did that conversation go? Was I like, "Oh, we?" I think
0: had... it was. It was pretty. It was brief in the moment. I mean, you've you got a line of people, mm-hmm. so but um, you were so kind, and I just mentioned my name and the name of my shop, and I think the shop may have. Registered and you said, "Oh, I would, you know, really be interested to talk to somebody who owns a a textile shop, a fabric shop." So, yeah, you asked me to send you an email, and reach out, and I did.
1: Which you are so nice, as anyone who listens to the podcast knows. Emails are my kryptonite. It's just not, not my skill set. I have someone in there helping. Um, I get I, it. I think you were pretty patient because I think as it does, it takes me a while to get back to people. So thank you for being patient. As I'm like, oh yeah, now, how about now?
0: I so, I get you. it completely. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So yeah, I, I do a lot of education, memberships. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people in the quilting community, you know, quilterpreneurs who are very curious about selling fabric, kits, all the things. So I just love to hear your journey. How did you decide yeah. to open up a shop
0: online? Uh- so, you know, like many other people who are probably are sitting in front of you at the moment who are newer to the industry, it was a COVID pivot, which mm-hmm. um, I feel nothing but gratitude for my experience and have to acknowledge uh, the privilege that I, that I had going into this because opening up a fabric shop means a, again, you can see the quantity of inventory behind me. It's an investment. Um, and that's not something yeah. that I, I think that I could have done if I hadn't already had, I'm, I'm far enough in my, in my life and career that I could, that I can invest in that. Um, so, uh, that's yeah. the one cautionary tale I would say to people is you need to, it, it does, I'm not a gambler and sometimes it feels a little bit like gambling when you're buying a new collection and you're wondering, is this, is this going to, oh, yeah. um, I love it, but is this going to be something that other people like as well. Um and so you have to be able to stomach a little bit of that. Uh but my journey, I I this is a total pivot. I um was in international education before this. So totally different. Hmm. I did not
1: know <laughs> that. What does that look like? What did you do? Um, exactly? I was
0: uh, I worked for a private school and I I was the director of their international education program. So I uh would work with the international students that would come and stay and and go to school here in the United States.
1: So what grade levels? These are high school. How many people are coming from international? This is very interesting. I've not heard of such. Yeah, we
0: could have a whole conversation about that. It's huge. It's a huge industry. (laughs) Um, the school that I was at, I had at the peak, I think I had about 40 students.
1: Why, why are they coming? I mean, you're in Massachusetts. It's near like Harvard and stuff. Well,
0: (laughs) right. That's the dream (laughs) for so many of them. Yep. Um, Many of them, some of them would come for a year, like any kind of student abroad exchange. Um, I had a lot of students from Asian countries, and they came because their end goal was to go to, to college in the United States, and they saw this as a, a way to help increase their um, their application and improve their English.
1: Um, well, that's fascinating. I could dive down a rabbit's hole with that. I'm very intrigued all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. We could totally go down a rabbit's hole for
0: that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I I, had, I did that for 10 years or so, um, loved it. I also got to take students abroad, which was like American students abroad, which was oh, how wonderful. Fun.
1: Where did you go? And then I'll shut up and we can move on. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I think the the best one was Italy. I cool. got to take students to Italy for a couple weeks. I think that was uh, that was the year right before COVID. Okay, Perfect <laughs> so, <timing. laughs> um, And I had already made the decision that I was going to pivot. But this was, I was just ready to move on and do another, another thing. Uh, but COVID definitely, nobody was coming after COVID. So uh, the school I was working for was, was already going to, uh, was going to close because oh, of wow, COVID. Okay. Um, and so it, it, it's okay. I like I said, I had already decided I wanted to pivot, but it gave me the time that I needed to figure out exactly what this next thing was going to be. And I had always been a hobbyist fiber artist, I would say. Um, I think I was like third or fourth grade when my friend taught me to cross stitch and it stuck and I was doing that and knitting and I didn't learn to sew until I was pregnant with my son. So that was about 15 years ago. Uh, But that's always been a big part of my life. And I didn't know that that could be a career Mm -hmm. (laughs) or a thing that people could actually do. And maybe in my defense, maybe it wasn't 15 years ago. This may have been more of a evolution now where, um, I can sit here and do what I'm doing. Um, I, I don't know that the resources, the technology was there to support someone like me doing what I'm doing 15 years ago.
1: Yeah. With online shops. Cause I mean, there've been fabric designers and quilt pattern. I'm trying and I'm very curious how the evolution, but I will say it, I think in the last five to 10 years with social media, right. blogs, YouTube, it's totally changed the trajectory. It's been of a this. game changer
0: yeah. because I, I'm a, I'm a person that likes to follow a pattern. I like to follow yeah, okay. a recipe <laughs> and I, and I would undercut myself and I'm not a creative person. That's what I would tell myself. Mm-hmm. That was the, I, I'm not a great, uh, I'm not great at drawing so I'm like, I'm not, I'm not an artist in that way. So how would I ever have a career as a pattern designer or something like that? Um, and I now know that there are other skills involved that I do have <laughs> that I can so leverage. What skills
1: Do you have that you feel like, oh, I can bring this to the table?
0: Well, I do. I'm, I'm a little bit of a fabric nerd and I love color and texture. Um, and I love playing with the, I can see the patterns and the colors and know how to bring them together.
1: Good for you for recognizing that.
0: It's, um, I think it's, that's also been a a bit of an evolution for me too, but uh, I think I'm, I'm good at it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Good for you. I love it. I love that you say that.
0: Yeah. I have customers who keep coming back to me and and say, I love these bundles that you're putting together. And I have lots of customer requests, but if uh, I think there's a, there's a, a segment of people out there who have the sewing skills and the ability to, you know, to put these quilts together, but maybe are intimidated to, to choose the fabrics.
1: It's very fascinating because there are so many different aspects of quilting that can lend itself to a career. Some people love teaching the piecing. Some people love writing the pattern. Some people techeting you, the fabric. I like teaching people how to make a career in this, you know, I mean, there's so many different venues. And I, I am just so happy to hear you vocalize. This is something I'm good at. We as females in particular are so mm. shy of saying that or like, oh, that's so conceited. It is not like let's own it. I am so, I love, love, love hearing you say that. So thank you. <laughs> so now the, the itty bitty details of it when sure. you start it. Well, first of all, Oh, I have so many questions. First of all, let's ask this has it been profitable do you have a profit
0: okay so the an- the short answer is yes i i do and, and it's a modest profit um which that's where i'm at now i'm in that stage of how do i scale this and what mm-hmm. what is that going to look like uh it was an experiment it was something that my husband and i had talked about i'd like to try and do this thing let's see if it's even going to work i had zero um it, I had zero uh, experience in <laughs> online retail, right. in the fabric industry, I truly did not know what I was doing <laughs> when <laughs> I started. Uh, so I wasn't sure if this was going to work or not, but I had an idea of what I wanted to try and do. And I'm happy to say it's it grew way faster than I anticipated that it would. And so I am profitable, uh, but I'm at that point now where, I, I need help. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I yeah. need help to keep up. Um, and so I need to think through and that's a lot of what this year is going to be, what, what that looks like.
1: So, okay. You've been doing it for two years. You said
0: mm-hmm. it'll be two years in March.
1: Was it profitable the first year? Because let's know, let's talk about <laughs> revenue and profit. You're going to have a lot of revenue because sure. you're selling, but then you have to put money back into it. Absolutely. So the profit, you know, so the first year, no profit, nope, no, no profit, profitable.
0: but I was covering expenses.
1: Okay. Well, so you weren't in the red. No,
0: I wasn't in the red. That's and it, good. I would say it, it took a full year to get to the point where I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm breaking even I'm covering it. Nice. I'm covering expenses and still able to reinvest in the business.
1: Cause it usually takes about two years right. to like start earning a profit. So that's above average. So profitable. And then let's also talk about the logistics of your, of the time
0: and the space. Right.
1: Let's, I'll hear from you about that.
0: Okay. So for time, it's, I, it is, it is all consuming. It is time consuming. Um, and I love it. <laughs> so, <Yes>. <laughs> <good>. <laughs> so, uh, the job that I had had in the past was also very time consuming, but, um, and I loved what I did, but I'm also at the service of Everyone but myself, if that kind of makes yeah. sense. Oh yeah. Um, so with this, it's a there's nothing but a labor of love here. Everything I'm doing, I'm doing because I'm wholeheartedly interested in it, and um, it, it's it's been wonderful. And I'm also right here in my home, so I'm gonna run down in about an hour and go pick my son up from school, and um, I have that kind of flexibility. Um, if anything, I struggle. Like everyone who works from home, what, no matter what it is you're doing, with the balance, right? Because you're it's not an eight to five <laughs> job. Right. It's the first thing I do, it's the last thing I do, every day, um, and it's always on Have my you mind. You kept
1: a time log. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how many hours you? I work don't want a day or no. I know, right? I don't want to know <laughs> How many hours.
0: <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, so in terms of filling orders, um, I I try. And I have the expectations set out there, but it's a Monday through Friday deal. Um, and so when I okay. when I have my shipping times out there and I say five to seven business days, um, which is where I'm at right now, um, that's Monday mm-hmm. through Friday. The reality is I end up working Sunday nights or Saturday mornings or whatever. But it, it that's that's the standard, and I would love to be faster right now than that. But again, it's I need help.
1: Yeah. I'm curious if you offer by the yard or if everything's for your sanity, if it's like, I only offer these sizes or what, what does that look like for you? Right
0: now I'm, I'm doing, I'm I'm cutting fat quarters. So I don't, I don't know if you can see behind me. Um, mm-hmm. I know that your, your listeners can't, but when I started off, I literally had the cutting mat and the rotary cutter. And I was like, hand cutting the Mm back quarters and around the holiday season my husband walked in he's like no (laughs) this is not gonna work
1: can't keep going (laughs)
0: um and he's a he's an engineer and that's how his mind works he's like we need to sort this out you're gonna lose your mind like I'm already losing my mind (laughs) I'm done it's too late so he uh he made me this proper cutting table with you know the the trough thing that goes through it and uh and I use electric scissors. So it's doubled what I can, Hmm. what I can cut, but I do, I do bundles. I do fat quarter bundles and I do uh, increments of a quarter yard. So I won't, if someone says three eighths of a yard, I ask them to, to round up that's to protect my sanity (laughs) and for inventory management.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. So I have so many questions. First of all, do you mind taking a few photos of your of this area that I'm seeing and the table and we can put it on the show notes so it'll be quilterscandy.com forward slash 93 so if people want to go see photos of that and then I'm curious what platform do you use to sell your stuff
0: I started off with Etsy because I felt like that was the easiest plug and go platform to to figure out what I'm doing um, with and then I moved on to I, I do have my own website now on Shopify um, nice. And again,
1: I like Shopify a lot.
0: Yeah, and that's where again, I I don't I don't know without those resources if I would be sitting here um, doing what I'm doing, you know, 15 years ago because I don't have I'm not mm. a programmer I don't have web right. design experience and I needed I needed that infrastructure to be in place in order for me to do what I'm doing. Well,
1: and now I'm thinking. If I were to run a fabric shop, that one thing I like about Shopify that I'm sure other platforms have as well and probably Etsy, but anyhow, um, you know, if you buy a bolt and it comes with 15 mm-hmm. yards, okay, that'll have this many fat quarters. Correct. So you can go in and list exactly how many right. you have. So you don't have to keep that inventory, keep track. I of that, do right? keep the
0: inventory in a separate spreadsheet and it is time consuming. And the reason is because, um, at least for now, uh, Shopify and Etsy, I haven't found a plugin that I, that works for me that where they will talk mm-hmm. to each other. I know they exist. Gotcha. Um, but for the way that I do, um, so, you know, I have art gallery solids, for example, and I have X amount of this color, but that color is also being used in two other bundles. So how do you keep track of how many you really mm-hmm. have available if you've sold 10 bundles and six yards, for example? Um, I haven't found a plugin that can handle that kind of math (laughs) yet.
1: I will say, if there are any engineers who know how to make computer programs, I've got, there are some holes out there that if I had the skills, I would totally develop these platforms. One is a membership platform, and then here's one. Like, please, if you have that skill set, talk to us we have a program that will be hugely it's successful it's just a matter of time
0: right someone's <laughs> going to figure this out um and right. I do th- I wish it was I, me. I tried I some thought. platforms are getting some little plugins are getting close they just can't quite get they haven't quite pieced it out completely yet um but I I bet you I bet you soon it's coming soon I hope so me I too. so <laughs> wish it was
1: me I wish I had that skill set I just don't so
0: I, I don't either
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So, okay, you do still have your Etsy shop then?
0: I do. Um, it's Etsy has its own universe, its own. Yeah. I mean, people are accustomed to shopping there, so I feel like I can't completely shut that off. Um, and they've been, it's it's been a very solid revenue stream. Um, Good. The the downside is I lose a little bit of control with that. Right. Um, and the way things are listed are, are I personally would find it, more um time consuming to shop there than to shop on a website or my website because of the way things are listed and that's just etsy driving the way it's listed yeah. um but you know with my website i can have it listed the way i'd like but i have to drive my own traffic to the website. Well, and
1: that's the thing, because people would have to know to go to you. I Correct. still go to Etsy from time to time if I'm looking for something, for sure. because it's like the Google of finding right. fabric or whatever, you know. So, right. yeah, I still go there. So I think that's smart. Um, have you ever had someone buy something and you have you've sold out of it? And for sure. Like how how I mean, let's hear worst case scenario how that played out, and best case scenario how that played out for your um, real life.
0: Absolutely. it happens. Um, and I feel horrible when it happens. Most of the time, people are very kind, and I try to look through my orders on a daily basis to see where I think that might happen. where it, what where it happens the most often is when I'm having a sale and it just goes faster than mm-hmm. i can than I can keep up with. Um, and one of the things that I have started to do is I'm probably going to move away from selling yardage on Etsy and just put my bundles there
1: smart that is smart
0: and that way it's it'll be easier for me to see what's available it's just one less thing to keep track of um and yeah I I offer them the refund right away and everyone has been really kind and understanding but I'm a consumer too you haven't had
1: anyone yeah I know right you haven't had anyone be nasty
0: Uh, not around that.
1: (laughs) Okay. What areas have you had the frustrated customer? (laughs) We all have them. We all have
0: them. I mean, I think that the way that people get frustrated are people who, uh, who may not really understand exactly what it is they're purchasing. Um, And, Mm. and, you know, nine times out of 10, I, I can really count on one hand how many times I've had a customer where I was like, okay, that was really out of line. One of the funniest ones I had was I made a um, a quilt kit um, with one of my, you know, strongest collaborators, which has been Susie Quilts. I made a quilt kit for her that was oh, awesome. probably one of my best-selling quilts, too, and it was just black and white. And one of the reviews I got was... Um they gave me a three out of five, which people probably think is okay. On Etsy, that actually dings you. Anything less than a five dings right. you. Um
1: which really sucks. Right. Not trying to say you
0: lose control of that. Um but they said it was three out mm-hmm. of five because it's just black and white fabric. I'm like, well, you bought a two that was color yeah. kit. <laughs> like what did you Yeah. Think? Um
1: but you know. Okay, so well, at least if people read the reviews, they'll be like. Exactly. You know what right. you're buying. And I you just, I, it, you, know, you know? <laughs> I kind of laugh
0: to myself, and I did reach out, and you, you know, I'm sorry, you're disappointed. What can I do to you know, make it better? And she didn't respond. It's fine. <laughs> but I would say, it really, like 99% of the people have been lovely, and I'm human, and I'm right, one person, and I absolutely make mistakes, and uh, I own a mistake immediately and make it. Right, I go above and beyond to make it right, and people recognize that. So,
1: yeah, and the good, the good customers who you want to keep around recognize that, and the they other do. ones you'd rather not have them. You know, I have so. a really
0: high return customer rate too, which I'm so grateful for. So grateful. Well, then for. you're doing
1: something right. Okay, <laughs> and we have to touch on this marketing strategy. Yeah, you making bundles for Susie Quilts. How did this happen? And then I want to talk about other marketing things that are working for you.
0: Okay, um, I. I have paid $0 for marketing zero.
1: That's phenomenal.
0: <laughs> Good job. Okay. This is so cool. I'm so proud of you. Um, and social media is huge. Again, uh, Instagram is for Instagram is the biggest, uh, feeder for me. I know other people have been more active with Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. and we can talk a little bit about that too, because it is two different, uh, demographics. Audiences. I think, yeah. Uh, And that might have something to do with the responses that I'm getting from my customer base as well.
1: What do you mean by that?
0: I think that people who shop on Facebook um, or who only use Facebook tend to be older and they may not be as comfortable Mm -hmm. buying online.
1: Oh, I hadn't thought about that correlation. You're right. Okay.
0: Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. No, you are.
1: <laughs> I would absolutely say that you're right. I mean, it's an older demographic who's only on who's Facebook. Who's only
0: on Facebook. Correct. Because you
1: and I are on Correct. Facebook. And the younger generation might not be. I, my kids but, definitely um, are not.
0: They couldn't no, be less interested. Yeah.
1: Even Instagram. I my know. kids are, like, not on Instagram. That's, like, us Correct. and older. I know. Gosh, we're aging ourselves by being on Instagram.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the Instagram crowd, um, particularly those that started quilting, or or are really dug deep into quilting during COVID, are used to buying online. So the experience of—I mean, I understand as a customer too. You're buying. You're looking at this bundle. You're just looking at pictures, and then crossing your fingers you like it when you get it. Right? It's I understand how. Mm-hmm. And it's not, something's not cheap. <laughs> Fabric is not cheap. So that's quite an investment right, right. to make when you can't see the thing and touch the thing and hold it in your hand before you walk away with it. Um, so I do the best I can to to have accurate descriptions and make my photographs as clear as possible. Um, I'm not a photographer. That's something I would love to be able to, to have an assistant doing for me. Uh, so on the... <laughs> on the agenda for the future for the, on for the hopefully this list. year. Um, but I find that they're used to that experience. And so, um, I don't have a lot of pushback from customers, um, who are shopping through that stream. Um, it's usually people who are more anxious about it to begin with, or, um, who haven't purchased mm-hmm. fabric They're used to walking into a quilt shop or Joanne Fabrics, or they've never purchased fabric before who, who have a little more anxiety about, about purchasing.
1: Oh, I could see that. Now that's interesting. I feel very naive because even an older generation from myself, let's just say even the oldest who are still alive, who are quilting, Mm -hmm. I guess I had just never thought because, well, my mom's passed away, but even if she were around... She is not used to buying online. I hadn't thought of that. I had figured for sure, of course, they go to the fabric store, but, but also online, but no, my mom never bought fabric online. She would always go into a store and see it. I had not, I feel so naive for not even thinking about that.
0: And I, well, I mean, if you think about it too, my mother too, like, I think the world has just changed so fast. The online world has changed so fast relative to their experience Mm with it that, um, Etsy is a good example. We're used to you buy the thing on Amazon and it'll be here this afternoon right. even, which is crazy. Which I'm not <laughs> sure has
1: done us any favors um, as far as psychologically, no. but
0: no. And I think people who follow me on Instagram and who are Instagram feeds to my website, not Etsy. They know they're buying from me, a person, one person, yeah. not a big corporation, um, Etsy, I think it's a little more vague to people because I think they think of Etsy as an Amazon yep. and they don't always understand they're, they're interacting with individual people. They not, Etsy, Etsy is not sending you the thing. It's the person from Etsy that you're buying from. Um, people who are not accustomed to making those purchases have more anxiety around it, which of course they would. Right. I get it. Right.
1: Well, and especially even just if you're a brand new quilter, my sister, my twin sister made her right. first quilt. Right. It was very interesting to go through with her. What does a fat quarter mean? What
0: all the different,
1: like, well, I want this fabric, where do I find it? But now I want this one to go with it. And just the whole beginner experience, I was like, oh, it would, it's very overwhelming when you're brand
0: new. It is very overwhelming. And I remember, I remember making my very first quilt. I actually pulled it out last week and made it for my sun when I was in that sewing class. And there's nothing about that quilt that I like. <laughs> Don't, get <rid laughs>
1: Don't get rid of it. Don't get rid of it.
0: Um, but I didn't know, I literally knew nothing about quilting other than I thought this would be something that I would like to learn. I knew nothing about fabric, um, how to pull color together. When I say like, I'm, I've, it's been an evolution and I, and I know what I like now. and I know how to put colors together. This was all I remember walking into the quilt shop and she asked me what I wanted to make. And I'm like, well, I'm pregnant. I'd like to make a quilt for my baby. So she chose all primary colors. And it's just very, um, the prints are very juvenile looking. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Oh, it's a baby quilt. That's not at all how my home would look or um, even what his, his baby room looked like at the time. So uh, I just let her do her thing to help me. And I think, again that's an evolution in the quilting industry too. Like I think the prints have changed. The color aesthetics have changed um, and evolved with our generation and those who are younger than us too.
1: Well, and I obviously I designed for art gallery, but they were my first love and fabric. And I think that was because (laughs) I grew up with my mom who had a very different aesthetic for me. And even when we went to the quilting shops, I'm like, they don't have anything going to quilt market in 2015 Blew my mind. I was like, "Whoa, there's
0: it, cool stuff." It does blow You know, mind. <laughs>
1: like they have trendy.
0: I'm still processing through oh, what really? I saw there. Okay,
1: because you just went it for the first time. Yeah. I'm yeah. so glad to hear that. Okay, because I've heard you know it's changed yeah. over the years. And it's not what it is, but for you, it was phenomenal.
0: You know, I'm sure that's the case too, right? I, I I'm sure I have nothing to compare it to because that was my first I'm one. I'm so happy. But I'm sure those. You loved it. Yeah, I'm sure that those people who have been doing this much longer than me can see how it's changed um and I you know I I went to my first quilt con last year too and I had the sense that um that also it was you know COVID has had an impact it was probably smaller you probably had less people present and vendors present and things like that compared to what it had been in the past but it still blew my mind right <laughs> it was still amazing
1: well and I did go to so. I've been now to two quilt cons I really wish I could go this year but I can't so 2024 I'll be back but um I went to the one in what is it, Austin? Uh, right before the like mm-hmm. right as COVID was like, whoa, What is this thing?
0: The one right before COVID. Yeah, yeah, which
1: was cool. But I went to the one last year too in Phoenix. I didn't. I don't know. Maybe I was just so like eyes wide, like whoa. But it felt cool to me. Still it feels very relevant. Like very. I
0: uh, very relevant. I I just I walked for hours and hours and hours and looked at all of those quilts and. I I kept going back through the aisles because I would see something I hadn't noticed before. And, um, I'm just in awe, in awe of all the talent
1: energy. I mean, I leave those shows with so many ideas and excitement and I keep hearing people like, are, is it going to keep, especially quilt market? Is it going to happen still? Is it going to happen? I'm like, please for the love, please don't let it die. Like I, it is so (sighs) huge to make you and me here we are like,
0: I you know, showing up, there's something to be said for just showing up. Yeah. If I hadn't um if I hadn't met up with Jessica that day, I wouldn't have known that you were right. at Quilt Market. Um and yeah, I wouldn't be here if I hadn't yeah. gotten in line <laughs> to say hi. Which, so. so
1: I do want to go back though, how did you start how did you ever team up with Susie Quilts?
0: Yeah. Okay, so uh like I said, I had the Etsy store first. Um, and the very first collaborator, I'll back up a little bit. The very first collaborator that I reached out with, um, with someone who I just followed on Instagram, um, Brooke Shicklin from Edamonia studios. I loved what she was doing. And I asked if she would be willing to, um, to do a collaboration. I wanted to put together a bundle for a pattern that she was releasing. Um, and in hindsight, I'm like, what get, where did that, how did I have that gall? I
1: love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm so glad you did. It takes that, you know, good It does.
0: Go. And to her credit, why in the world? She said yes.
1: Well, I'll <laughs> I speak mean, to that. As a, yeah. as a quilt pattern designer, you'll take any publicity. So if you own a quilt shop, because you're the one taking the gamble. like For sure. You bought the fabric, you know, yep. like we're out nothing. You are simply marketing our pattern for us. So like, sure, we've got nothing to lose, you know.
0: Um, so she was really kind, very sweet. She, she curated a bundle out of the very limited selection I had at the time. Um, and we did a little giveaway when her pattern released and I went from like, I think I had maybe five Instagram followers. My mom was like included, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, probably my (laughs) husband, um, to, I I don't know, maybe like 80 people out of that. And that felt huge to me at the time. And I, you know, it's not about the number of followers. I, I am the first person to tell you that, but when you're starting out to go from zero to something, right? Right. So she gave me that little leg up. I reached out to a few other people and I um, was so pleasantly surprised at how many yeses I got for the, probably for exactly what you're saying, right? It, they understand I'm really, I'm holding the fabric. I am taking the the gamble, so to speak.
1: Yeah. You're paying for it. Yeah.
0: Um, but I have found the community, the quilting community, just to be so kind and welcoming and uh, uh, just willing to, to be collaborative. And I really appreciate that. So with Susie, um, I sent her an email. Um, I actually sent her like three emails over the course of a couple of months and I said to my husband, I'm like, all right, this is going to be the last one because I don't want to seem like I'm stalking her
1: or <laughs> torturing Good her. Good lesson right here. You kept with it. And honestly, she probably wouldn't recognize if you were sending, I don't know. I mean, well, so
0: here's no, the thing but... she's, You I mean, she, I had zero or relative to her followers. Um, but also I knew because she's very public with her, her, well, I'm sure she she picks and chooses what she wants to present. But um, I knew she was pregnant, and she was I can't remember if she had had the baby or about to have a baby. I'm a mom, <laughs> I know yeah. totally what that time in your life is like. And it was her second baby, which yeah. the jump from one to two is
1: rockstar world. Yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> and I said to my husband, like, I'm sure she has other things on her mind. I'll just send her one more, and then I'm going to let it go. Um, and Around that time, I believe she had also hired probably because she was she knew she needed help. Right. A communications manager. Um, her name is Laura Hopper. Um, and she responded to me and was so kind and so lovely. And she had seen some of the posts that I had done on Instagram for other bundles I was doing and said, I love what you're doing. I love your aesthetic and we would love to work with you. Um I think wow, I. Oh, you so I happy? was like high for, <laughs> yeah. for. I probably still am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it has been such a fun, uh, fun, rewarding collaboration. It's been great for for the for the shop, but I thoroughly enjoy working. I work with Laura pretty closely. When we when a new pattern is coming out, and we um, put together a bundle to go with it, and it's so much fun.
1: That is so cool. So does she, how, when, when you work together, is it like you saying here are some fabrics and you kind of bounce ideas off? Like, let's trade out this one and try that or that kind Um, of thing.
0: So she'll send me, they have a little pattern testing group. So the the pattern goes out to the group of testers. um, And then if Laura wants to work with our shop, she'll reach out. Or um, I've worked with other pattern testers in that group for Susie. um, And sometimes the testers are just open to anything that you have um an inspiration for sometimes it's uh laura would send me a, a picture of a, a black and white quilt for example or another um, we did another um sort of a neutral um, quilt bundle and she'll say we want to make this what do you have that we could work with and we'll send pictures back and forth until we're happy with it and then i send her the fabric she makes it and they take wonderful pictures
1: Okay. So she'll make it. So do you ever like sell a bundle to the pattern testers so that someone will make it with your bundle?
0: Usually if, if someone is, if it's a collaboration I have with the pattern designer, then I will usually give the, a bundle for free to the tester to make it.
1: Okay. And so they will say, I want, like Susie, for example, would say, I want it made like this. And so it's Susie or Laura sure. who's making it, not the testers. I've had, done right?
0: both. I've, I've had Susie. Okay. I've had Susie or Laura make it. I've also had pattern testers make it either way. I'm giving them the, that bundle.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, because it's mutually beneficial. Right. They'll end up with lots of examples of, of potential for what this pattern mm-hmm. can do. Um, and I end up with beautiful pictures of a finished product, which always is more yep. productive for me to post than just a picture of a fabric bundle.
1: I love this because this is marketing at its finest. And and I've talked to this before. If you want to collaborate with someone, think of how it's a win-win. Yeah. How can you serve them? Right because they're going to be serving you. So there's always a way to find, and people are like, I don't have many followers. I'm like, take work off someone's plate, you know, do something for them. There's always something you can offer.
0: For sure. And that will be a benefit. And I haven't forgotten what that's like. I mean, I now have, it's still very modest following compared to what you would have or what Susie would have, but it's an engaged group that is, yeah. that is um, purchasing from me, which is wonderful. And I know... I have more than maybe other people who are starting out and I have worked with other pattern designers who are just getting started and I love it. It's been wonderful um, to work with them and to I'll, I'll offer the same thing for them. I, I give them the the bundle and, and I get wonderful pictures in return.
1: You know what's kind of cool too is because of all the fabric that you have, I feel like you're in a position where you could take on someone who is a brand new pattern designer and has 10 followers.
0: Absolutely. Because
1: what are you out? You know, like that fabric you can sell elsewhere if it doesn't sell to their audience, you know? So that's really attractive for a brand new pattern designer to reach out to someone who has a lot of fabric and who does collaborate with designers because you aren't hurt any by having it not sell well. You're still getting great pictures and you're, you know, it's still a win-win.
0: Absolutely. And it's fun. That's the fun part. It is, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Have you seen different um, designers, obviously not names, but some have much more selling power than others?
0: I mean, there's definitely a correlation between um, the celebrity pseudo celebrity quilters out there, um, if they are posting something that, that you've collaborated with, it sells more, um, it's reaching mm-hmm. a lot of larger audience, but I've also, um, I've also done bundles for people who, uh, don't have as, um, large of number of followers, or they're just getting started. That's done very, very well. It, it's sometimes hard awesome. to tell what the, what will be the hit. Sometimes I just know too.
1: really how so Uh,
0: well I know I you have an instinct I guess I I I saw when I saw the pattern uh, this would be not this past year but the year before I think Susie did a pattern uh, called holiday party and as soon as I saw it I'm like oh that's going to be really popular it was just really sweet it's accessible Um, it was nice for beginner quilters which I think even more experienced quilters like those easier patterns I do yeah. because I like the instant gratification yes.
1: <laughs> right I mean we look at those complicated ones and it's like oh I'd love to have that but we need a quick finish so you just need it right it, you
0: need it to keep your 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 mojo going for sewing right <laughs> your sojo yes
1: because if every quilt takes a year like, right Nah, you can't do that right <laughs> well and I am thinking too I remember I had a pattern come out that I thought would be really popular and it wasn't. I'm not even going to say the (laughs) title because some people have bought it. And I'm like, oh, thank you for buying that one. But um, And I don't want to detract anyone from buying it. But I reached out to a fabric shop who I love, who I feel like is fairly successful. And I asked for them if they'd be interested in putting together a bundle and they did. And I know it didn't sell well. I just know it. And it was very humiliating on my end. And so sometimes you may want to reach out to someone who has a bigger audience but it might it doesn't always mean that it's going to sell well you know that's very true and sometimes the patterns that i think like my better together i talk about that a lot it's so simple it's a oh, bestseller yeah. like those bundles people who put together bundles for that it's like boom 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 it sells and you just, I, there is a bit of a gamble of what's going to work and what's not. Have you ever put together something where you're like, oh, this will for sure be a hit and it wasn't? Yeah,
0: that's definitely happened. So starting out, I went really, I started off with solids only um, because solids, I know there's always going to be a market for solids. And then I started to dip into the patterns. Well, when you start, I think the first uh, the first person or the first uh, a company I got a, a wholesale uh Group with was checker. So if you go onto the checker's website and start looking at patterns, your brain will explode. <laughs> like I don't even know where to start yes. with how to narrow this down. I can only have so much space, and I'm not trying to conquer. I'm not trying to conquer the sewing world in that regard. I can't hold everything, obviously. Um, so I I I did work fairly closely with um, my rep and told her what I like, what I personally like. And she was invaluable to saying, okay, I think you should start off with, with these three. Look, look at what they're doing. Look at these three manufacturers and what they're doing and see if there's something from there that you would draw from. Um, and eventually I ended up getting a, a contract too with with Art Gallery. And Art Gallery is, I like everything practically that they come out with, so it's hard because I can't carry everything. but. Um, I do love so much of what right. they have. And I found that when I do that, when I stick with what I personally like, I don't have a hard time selling it. Anytime that I've made, that I've been tempted to make the decision of, well, it's not what I would quilt with, but I bet you that will be popular. I have learned um, the hard way that I have a harder time selling it. And I don't know if it's because I don't think that it's my, I don't think it's personal to my aesthetic it could just be because I love it. I have a more genuine, um, ability to, to be, to show my excitement for it. Um, and I can say like, I think twice I've made those like, oh, I don't know if I should have chosen that. Um, but so for the most part, if I'm, if I'm Hmm. putting it out into the world, I believe in, I believe in it.
1: And I also wonder too, because you're attracting an audience who's attracted to the things that you're attracted to. And so then if you put something out that's not true to that, you know, it's a little different, they're, they're probably like, oh, you know, because they like what you've been putting out. I am curious, how did it differ, those things that you thought, well, let's try that? Was it the color? Was it the prints, the mixture? That didn't sell so well? Yeah. Or how was how it different from your, your go-to look, you know? Um,
0: okay. So I'll be honest in that I, for the first time this year, I carried a Halloween print. Um, I probably won't do mm-hmm. that again. I probably won't carry how, Hallow- because it's a very, I, I got it because I thought it was really, really cute and they glow in the dark. And I thought, Oh, they will be such cute little trick or treat bags. And, um, now the reality is if I'd had the time to make trick or treat bags and, and show that I'm sure it would have done better. Uh, but I don't. <laughs> I don't have the time right now and I need, I need to do that. So, um, it didn't sell as great as I would have liked for it to, but it's also really specific. I mean, when I think about quilting, Mm -hmm. I personally don't make a Halloween specific quilt. True. So, um, other holiday, like a Christmas quilt, I think there's probably more people who are making Christmas quilts, but so I just got. Um, I got taken by the adorableness of these prints. Yeah, they
1: did <laughs> a good job marketing. <laughs> um,
0: and that's okay. It, it 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 did sell, and it has sold, and I'm it's fine. But um, yeah, so lesson learned. And and you know I yep I have to say I've been pretty lucky. I'm like looking around. There's really, there's really nothing in this space that I don't personally genuinely love. Um, it's a wonderful moment to come downstairs in the morning and walk into this room. I do smile. Like I get to do this. (laughs) This is pretty awesome. I love it.
1: Well, and I do want to ask too, because I know a lot of people who opened up shops during COVID fabric shops are now closing. And there, I heard this talk of like sales are down. Have you seen this? How are you doing with that?
0: I can appreciate why that might be the case for a lot of people. And I have to say one of the reasons I think I'm, I'm still here. This is literally my full-time job. It is all I do. And it's not that if you're doing this as a side hustle that you can't be successful, but I think it is extremely time consuming. And yes. um, the scale of what you're putting out into the world, if you're also, you know, have another full-time job, it, it has to be on a smaller scale. So that might not feel as worth it for someone, perhaps. I haven't seen a dip in sales. Um, one of the one of the that's biggest things hear. that I've done was these advent calendar boxes. It's a fat quarter. Like you have a little packet with a fat quarter in it. So you open a different packet each day. Um, I did them. This was my second holiday, oh, second cute. Christmas doing them. And I do them not just for Christmas. You can have them for, I, I do have one that's a 31 day box. So you can open one all through December and count down for the new year. They're extremely time consuming, I have to say, <laughs> to put together. Ah, uh, um, Yeah. So I did really well with that the first year and I wasn't sure how that would go this year because they are expensive. It's, and it's a purchase that you're probably purchasing for yourself versus fabric that you're making for a quilt that you might mm-hmm. look gift to someone. And I wasn't sure what that would look like, um, with the holidays this year. And it was fine. I, it was a slight increase from the year before. And I said, if it's stable, I'll confile that as a win. So right. it was a slight increase.
1: That's cool. I have actually not heard of, I've heard Advent whatever, but I didn't know what that looked like. So I think that's a really fun idea. Yeah. Yeah. And we love to, we love that adrenaline of a surprise. And if you can, you know, find something that I know, I love fabric, but I want that element of a surprise, you know, thrill. So treat yourself. And I like that.
0: I know there's, there's, you know, I know I'm not the only one out there doing it. There's other, there's other people doing it. I do have to look next year at how how to manage that piece because they do come together at the busiest time of the year and they are very time consuming to put together. (laughs) So Mm. yeah.
1: So yeah, evaluating that one. Mm -hmm. So yeah, business has been steady for you. You haven't seen a decline with,
0: I haven't. So I feel really, again, really fortunate with that too and it, it's a lot of return customers.
1: Well, that says a lot too. Now you mentioned you have one, you're going to go get your child from school, 15 year old son. How many kids do you have? How old are they? Cause that plays into, you know, how you can work.
0: Uh, you know, it absolutely does. I'm glad you actually mentioned that because I think for me, this was, it was the right moment for me personally to do this, um, for a variety of different reasons. And the stage I am in my life definitely is part of it. My kids are, my daughter just turned 14 and my son's 15. Yeah. So, I like very much still picking them up at school and being here when they're home from school. Um, but they're also, you know, I'm not, I'm not making after school snacks yeah. and I'm not certainly not in the diaper stage right. and, and all of that. They're not, I'm, you know, teenagers have their own challenges <laughs> for sure. Uh,
1: my kids are about the same age. Um, so yes, I feel this deeply. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that hands-on mom, hands-on mommy thing is, um, it's not as relevant to me right now. So
1: well, like I started my business when my youngest went into kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And so I can't speak to someone starting a business with young children at home. I just know right. for me, it I don't know that that would have worked, you know, so I don't want to discourage anyone. I just don't know what that would look like. I just know that the timing worked out really well for me in my situation. Um, So it does, you know, those are things to take into consideration is the time that you have.
0: I had a career change um, when my daughter went to kindergarten. That's when I switched to international education. Um, And I partially did that because for the most part, starting off, I was working while they were also at school. And that was wonderful. But in terms of what I'm doing now, I, I don't think I would have been able to manage that with kids running around. Um, right. Per, yeah. I personally couldn't have.
1: Right. Because some um, people can. Some people we all can. Have things different.
0: But with, yeah. Well, this yep. this space that I'm in right now was at one point filled with their toys, too. So there's that.
1: Right. <laughs> I don't oh, even know where that I would gives have me put a bit it. of nostalgia. <laughs> no.
0: I don't know where I would have no, put no. fabric. Um, I didn't have any space to put fabric because this was their space.
1: <laughs> right. Um,
0: yeah. I, I looked around when. COVID hit. And I was already thinking, you know what? It's my turn to have this room.
1: (laughs) Yep. I
0: love it.
1: So yeah, for our listeners who want to check out your shop and take a look, where can they find you?
0: Uh, So the Etsy shop is Global Fiber Shop. Um, The website is also GlobalFiberShop.com. And my Instagram is Global underscore Fiber.
1: Awesome. Well, yay. Okay. Everyone go check it out. Check out the fabric bundles that you do. And thank you so much for being here. This was super fun. I enjoyed chatting. Very insightful.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it was wonderful. Thank you for having me.
1: Laura, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was such a pleasure chatting. It's really neat to hear how you have had success and how you're very Savvy with your marketing. I love it. And I know our listeners loved hearing from you and learning from you. Just such a pleasure. If you have not already, please leave a review for the craft to career podcast. Let me know what you think of the podcast. If you're liking the show, how it's helping you with your business. And next Friday, I'll be back with a brand new episode. I have Stacy Tushel. She is actually a, a mentor. I'm in her mastermind this year. She is amazing. She runs two, a, one brick and mortar and one online shop. Both are seven figures. Uh, very successful. And she helps business owners it's called well-oiled operations. She helps business owners run their business like a well-oiled operation. And so I can't wait to introduce you to Stacy next week and to let you learn what you can from, from her, from my mentor and my mastermind guru. So join me next Friday when meeting Stacy Tushel until then have a wonderful week.